Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Rory O'Neill with you. So look ahead to the football weekend with Kieran Whelan. How are you going, Amila? Not bad, Mikey. Not bad. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, we were, Myself and Rory recorded a chat with Jackie Tyrrell yesterday. So that will be coming afterwards to preview the league semi finals and uh, get in a few jives at the Hogan Cup, which is contractually, we're obliged to do that. Myself and Jackie is proud Leinster men. Um, Speaking of proud Leinstermen, we'll get on. We'll get on to the de facto Leinster final later, which is Dublin <laughs> versus Loud uh, <laughs> in the Division Two promotion decider. Um, which could is the two uh, best teams could be the two best teams in Leinster, are they? And oh, the farm, they, 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 I think on current form, Loud are definitely up there. It's up to Dublin to prove that they're one of the two best teams. <laughs> um, between that now and Sligo Leitrim in Division Four, we've got a couple of proper local derbies to you know winner takes all affairs. So. Um, Nice, nice ending to the league in divisions two and four. Uh, division one is is a little bit murkier, um, yeah. but we'll um, we'll figure that out as well. Um, but I suppose we'll start with matters in Donegal, um, Wheelow, where uh, Paddy Carr, it seems, got his marching orders yesterday um, from his players. So after events in Limerick. This is the second intercounty manager who's not even seeing out the round robin stage of the league um, before players deciding they've had enough. It's um, it's not unheard of, but I think for two in the course of the first six games of the, of the league, I think that is very unusual. Yeah, well, it's not unheard of. It, it is concerning, Mikey. Like it is concerning that you've you know you've had. Uh, two teams, obviously Donegal struggling in Division One, and 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 Ray Dempsey. Then you know new managers after five games, and there appears to have been a bit of a push in both situations. And I I think it's it's overall concerning for the game. Um, mm-hmm. you know you you look back at the amount of turnovers there is in management teams every year. Um, there's there's new managers required, particularly this year. There was a couple of counties that were obviously even struggling to get appropriate candidates and you can talk about managers being paid you know or not being paid or whatever it is or expenses or whatever but whatever it is these guys are not making a fortune and and they also have to put an incredible amount of time into managing an inter-county team because the standards are so so high uh, and the time required to manage one and that you know you talk to guys that have been involved in it you know that, that have come out of it and and reflect on it and kind of go Whoa! This that wasn't you know the amount of time required was off the scale. Like you're managing two I, teams, Wilo, aren't you? You're managing you're managing a backroom team. You're managing, you're managing team. yeah, yeah, and you're managing the players. Yeah, one hundred percent, Roy. But but uh, but the other the other I would imagine what happened in both these situations was there was a bit of player kickback, and that can easily be, you know, you know, okay, there can be logical reasons. We don't know the ins and outs of either dressing room, so we can't really comment on that. But I would imagine in both cases, maybe players sat down and questioned management decisions or questioned issues around the managers. And the two managers said, you know what? I'm out of here. I've, I'm not, you know, I'm putting too much into this. I've put too much time into it. I've, I've kind of better things to be doing. And, and, and both of them quickly, made, obviously, exited stage left uh, and, and headed out the door. And so 
it is it's it, it is concerning um that we're at this stage within the GA world uh because it has a has a potential impact going forward, you know. Um like Paddy Car Paddy Carr is a gentleman and I always felt that in some ways maybe he was too nice probably for the job. It was a dream job going in. Uh, he was going into a difficult scenario. There was a you know, you can talk about there's numerous issues in Donegal, but when there's when there's a bad vibe around the county, it doesn't take long for that to start encroaching into the dressing room situation. And 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 players can, you know, when there's a lot of flack coming from various different directions within a county, it can seep into that dressing room very, very easily. And I think there's been a bit of collateral damage probably in Donegal. The the vibe in Donegal. The atmosphere in Donegal has been has probably been pretty toxic the last six to eight weeks, and you combine that with you know a couple of relatively poor performances. You can also throw in the fact very unlucky to be missing, you know, Donald's McHugh's, Patrick McBerry, you know, missing some key players. Yes, the performances weren't great. They looked like they were struggling to find a, a plan, particularly an offensive plan. They were playing you McFadden on the edge of the square. It didn't look comfortable at all. It was kind of like. We're patching things up here, um, but you know, so a little bit, a lot, lot of challenges thrown in his direction, and I would say it was a combination of of kind of bad vibes around the county, bad performance, potentially being on to having the court of public opinion against the management team even going into the role because of who you know the dream ticket was kind of ignored by the county board, so. A lot of contributing factors, uh, and and I'd say that led to Paddy's decision to kind of walk away. And but it is it's a worry. I I just think it's a worrying development that you've two new managers, five six games in, and both walking out the door. You know, yeah, we, we need we need to be careful. Just just Rory, just to on the Rory Cavanagh thing. Obviously, the he was being lined up along with Carl Lacey and his backroom team, and it seems Jim McGuinness. Who wouldn't wear a bib, but would be involved in some form? Just to say, he wasn't. It was actually Rory Cavanaugh who withdrew himself after the acrimonious finish to the county final when St. Eunan's, where who he was over, um, he wasn't happy with with with, with what happened there. So, um, all the blame doesn't lie with the county board here, but kind of some of the information that came out over the last couple of weeks about that second team. I suppose Jim McGuinness saying he was going to be involved. Jim McGuinness is you know, the man who led Donegal to their last All-Ireland, their second ever. Um, that will have caught the eye of a lot of fans um, and maybe didn't make Paddy Carr and Aidan O'Rourke's job any easier, you'd imagine? 100% it did not. I, I would be of the very strong view it didn't help at all. It did not help. Um, when, like, I think, Jim, I think the quote was, I was prepared to help. Well, the first thing I would ask in that scenario, what does that mean? Are you going to be there? Are you going to have an official role? Are you going to be there Tuesdays? Are you going to be there Thursdays? Are you going to be there on match days? Are you going to see it right through to the end of the championship? What kind of a coaching role are you going to have? You know, are you going to require expenses? Is that going to have an impact on budgets? All of those types of things weren't really teased out. And to sort of put that comment out there, being who he is, a revered figure within Donegal GEA, that would obviously have... Um, pressure, yeah. Yeah, would have stirred the horses within the dressing room big time. Oh, my God, we could have had Jim McGuinness, you know, and we didn't. And I think in a lot of ways, I think the GAA and a general sense has dodged a bullet. If you go back over the history of management upheavals, even going all the ways back to 
sheep in a heap and Babs Keating, right? Now, obviously, that was a different scenario and it's a very different time back in 1998. But even if you look at the Anthony Cunningham one, where maybe he he dug his deal, he dug his heels in for a, a time with the Galway hurlers, eventually before rele- uh, relenting. Uh, Noel uh, Pat Holmes and Noel the Noel Kennelly one in Mayo, which was again very very messy and very very protracted, and created massive division. I think Donegal and Limerick. Now you could argue maybe the two lads had a you know they probably felt, look, the safest and cleanest way here is just me just to down tools and exit. But what if they were obstinate characters who had not been of that view? And there's no guarantee that that may not happen again. Like you're into a world of pain. Then then you're talking about divisions, divisions within dressing rooms, divisions within counties. Like they, at least I think. We had that with Limerick Hurling 15 years ago, didn't we? Exactly. You know, so like the, these are all like there, there's no contracts drawn up here. Ooh. There's nobody sitting down, you know, um, signing up to terms and conditions. And I, it's. The t- yeah. the, like in some ways, Roy, there's a touch of honorability about the two lads that you know they realized exactly. You know, That's what sorry, I, that was the I, point I was making. Sorry, we lost. I've, lost. I've lost the dressing room, and you know, for the sake of the county, I'm gonna just cut ties and move on. Yeah, uh, and you have you kind of have to admire that because if they don't and they do dig their heels, you know, and I've been in those dressing rooms, what, what, what happens is you, 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 you limp into the championship year, you're looking for something, you're looking for a spark to very self. So you've got negativity in the dressing room. You've got bitching and moaning among players. Every the management, everything is heaped upon the management. There's no accountability among the players, and eventually you just limp out of the championship. So what what stopped you guys, Wheelo, from from doing what Donegal and Limerick have done? If you were in, if you found yourself in those situations, what stopped us from it? Mm, yeah. Well, I, I cer- certainly I think traditionally, Mikey, there was very very little that mid year was always seemed to be a very you know, you know, players players wouldn't really, you know, unless things were really bad, they would probably suck it up for the year and see the year out. Generally, you would see managers seeing the year out, and then if there was a bit of if, if there was issues that need to be sorted out, they were done kind of in the off season. You know, I, I don't think I stand corrected. It might may have happened, but I don't think I've seen this situation three four weeks before the start of the championship before. Mm. That's unusual. Probably, might have been somebody. You would have seen it as a nuclear option. It would. It wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah, have made you any better come championship. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wouldn't have. You know. So about this. So this is the first time you've seen it mid year. Uh, well, Donegal are four weeks away from playing down in, down in Newry. Like, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, and there, Roy. Actually, you mentioned down. That's interesting because two years well, in a row, Aidan O'Rourke, who we both know pretty well, and would be honest, like. I'm a big fan of Aiden, and I think he's, most people say he's a fantastic coach, but this is two years in a row he's found himself in a pretty difficult position. James McCartan's, um, you know, return to the down job did not go well last year, and now he finds himself taking over the team, and he's in a tricky spot. He was Paddy Carr's right-hand man, not quite co-manager, but something above coach, it seemed, was how it was described on the ticket, and now he's, you know, along with um, uh, Bradley, now they're you know they're they're taking the team for their final game against Mayo, which is, oh sorry, yeah, is Mayo they're playing? It's uh, a must uh, win. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ross Common, Ross, Ross Common, Common, sorry, they're playing Ross Common. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's are, more, it's, are, are we genuinely in this position now? You know, every year where you're, if your team gets relegated, the manager comes under ferocious pressure before a championship. You know, hmm. you know. Yeah, no, it's tricky. 
you know, we've seen teams being relegated to Division Two. I think and go on and win the All Ireland or be very competitive before. Um, you know, so it's it's um, yeah, that's that's the you know. And then you're heaping pressure on county. The trend. But you're, huh? heaping, you're heaping pressure then on county board officials who are all amateurs, who are all volunteers, who are all no, they're going into a county board meeting. I think is it tonight. I mean, like, you know, and there's other sitting, things on that agenda. Yeah, yeah, and there's fellas <laughs> sitting up there at the top table going, oh, my head's spinning. I mean, how did we end up here? I think from Donegal's point of view, look, I come from a county whereby this type of thing surfaced. It caused horrendous division for years. And it took, and it's probably still not proper, properly healed. I think from Donegal's perspective, they should try and kind of just mend all bridges or whatever they can do in terms of formulating a plan ahead of the championship fixture, which is in four weeks' time, because there is still, there's still plenty for them to play for her this year. Like, even if they were to go out, like, they're in this Sam Maguire. They're time. That's, that's not going to start for, a, what, seven, eight weeks? So, like, they can, like they, like, they have some good players. They have some really, really good players I think, in fairness to Aiden and Paddy, they'll take the they'll take the reins for this weekend. But I suppose you're just putting pressure now again on poor people that are probably doing a nine to five and then coming home and dealing with all this. Then on top of it all, to try and find somebody to fall into, what's not exactly going to be the most appealing of jobs. Let's be honest. Now, well, given it's a everything tough one that's going to fill on. in the first place, yeah, they, you, know. Well, you know, we mentioned this here with David Tuberty when we were discussing Limerick. It's not just. Aidan O'Rourke and Paddy Bradley and the county board feeling the pressure. The players have effectively put quite a lot of pressure on themselves here as well. And they've kind of, you know, you know, it's up to them now to to kind of show, well, if he wasn't doing it right, lads, you'll have to give us an idea of what it was you wanted right, because clearly the league hasn't gone very well so far outside of a result against Kerry. And, you know, up to the hide now, have to get a win, and even a win won't guarantee them safety, but a win is first and foremost. And like they're the players, they're not the coaches, they're not the managers. So how much can they change? But you know, you'd wonder how much sympathy there will be for them either if they do get relegated now after this. So they're, they're, it's a tricky situation for them. Yeah, well, like they're, they're kind of they they can change very little. Mikey is the reality of it, and Aiden and, and Paddy Badley are in have been an integral part of the backroom team. So you know they you know they unless they've radical ideas and unless there was disgruntlement among the management group as well we don't know that and um, so uh, you know you could have very different views coming out but very little you can't change anything in a week Um, I think they go to Roscommon and I think Roscommon are on you know after a blinding start or on a particularly bad run and I think they'll want to finish the league you know on a bit of a high going into championship and I think they will really target with Donegal game so they're not going to get anything uh, easy Um, so difficult task like going back to what Rory said I think there still is time in that they are going to be in the Sam McGuire competition Um, that doesn't start till, till you know middle of May end of May you know they've time if they if they if they get a new structure in place you, they may have to just write off the Ulster Championship to a certain degree you know the, that won't be their priority Um, but they do have time to turn around but it really is who wants the job who's going to go into that uh, environment at the moment um, unless it's someone who carries massive gravitas and who can bring the whole county back together because they need to unite, they need to come together that's what's required because if you still have if there's still a bad vibe and a bad environment and atmosphere off the field 
in relation to the relationship between the county board and the, and the general county, it's going to be a very difficult task for whoever steps in there. Yeah. So moving on from that and more generally looking at Division One, um, Mayor in the final, um, Galway will join them if they win. If Kerry beat Galway, they'll end up on eight points with Galway. If Roscommon beat Donegal and Tyrone beat Armagh, we'll have four teams on eight points and it'll come down to scoring difference. And as it stands, Galway have a head start there. But if Kerry beat them by six points, that head start's gone. Roscommon and Tyrone would have to win by about nine points to put themselves in the conversation, it seems. And um, at the other end, Donegal look all but gone, except for a strange series of results. Uh, Monaghan, uh, Monaghan need to win. What's new there going into the last round of games? Um, so, that'll hap- so that'll happen. That, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah. Mon- Monaghan will beat Mayo in McHale Park, um, which is obviously plausible, Willow, because, you know, our old friend Kevin McStay is now in the luxurious position of having, you know, yeah. bet or drawn all around him. you got to think, Mikey, you know, He's out today and trying to get the league final play the next day earlier, which is which is reasonable and fair. But you know, you spoke Kevin spoke and you had four weekends in a row, right? And the last weekend is your championship match. Mm. Now I I can I I can't see right there in Castlebar this weekend, but I would be amazed if Kevin feels uh, a team anyway towards it first. I think the crowd in McHale Park might be even upset if they saw the stars on this Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the handbrake's going to come up. What are you doing? You know, it's going to give Monaghan a great chance because if Monaghan were going down to play Mayo in their current form, the way they're playing football, not a hope. Yeah. But it, it, it's a different dynamic. So it changes the whole... I think Monaghan will get to that six points. Um, I think Galway... Galway carry you home is another very good game. Probably both will be happy to play in the league final. Uh, do Mayo want to play Kerry and go back for a championship? You know, who knows? But like Kerry aren't exactly flying at the moment. Um, you know, imagine Galway, Jack O'Connor wouldn't mind another game given no, he probably the break he has. He, probably, he absolutely probably wouldn't. Like for me, go Galway, Salt Hill. They're Galway are, are, are one thing I've noticed about Galway the last couple of weeks, they're managing the conditions of the game very, very well. Um, they have a very good set set template when they're playing into the wind. You know, they'll concede kickouts, they'll drop deep, they'll make it kind of difficult. When they're playing with the wind, they're pushing up a lot more, but still protecting themselves at the back. Um, and, and and knowing that the opposition will have difficulty, you know, that they're right, that they have to be in closer to the goal to take their score. So they're very, they were very well organized, you know, as much as the Armagh game was a shocking game to be at and watch. Um, but they were the same against Monaghan um and Salt Hill. You know, conditions will won't probably be windy. Uh, certainly will be windy, and you know, Kerry not firing, and I, you know, I, I, you think Galway might, Galway could come out on top of that one. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting. You know, two teams met in the All Ireland final last year. I think to be a bit of, a bit of bite in that one. I'll tell you now what's going to happen, Rory. Um, Mayo are going to lose to Manahan. Manahan end up on six points. Uh, Kerry will beat Galway, but not by more than six points. And Tyrone could end up giving, could actually beat Armagh by quite a bit, relegating Armagh and making the league final. That's how I, I, I actually, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've also heard, this is not confirmed, but from a very good source uh, that Rian O'Neill has picked up an injury and could be out for a few weeks, possibly the start of the Ulster Championship, which is one of the reasons why, now I know he hasn't exactly been flying and he hasn't been used in a way that we would expect him to be used, but I have an awful bad feeling about Armagh 
and how Tyrone could actually Tyrone, yeah. I, I could see Tyrone making a league final in some the division one always ends up with a weird finish so um, Armagh to be relegated by Tyrone who make it to the league final sorry Armagh fans well, well Kerry and Galway is effectively a league semi-final is it like in reality whoever wins that should more or less well go no to... if Kerry beat Galway they would only start with a three point points difference over Tyrone right okay okay fair enough but um, I'd still I think Monaghan will still struggle in Castlebar even if Kevin plays a lot of the kind of it'll still be very very tough I mean I presume Killian Lavelle is uh, is suspended Um, I think they picked up one or two injuries Desi Ward went off what looked like pretty sore and severe arm injury he got it in the kind of entangled I think it was it with Peter Hart or Maddie Donnelly and um, he went off. Will he be right within six days with what, what did look pretty serious? So they've got suspensions. They've got injuries. They're obviously not working from a huge pick, uh, panel of players to pick from in the first instance. Um, and I, I, I think Monaghan, I don't know, I just get a sense. Maybe, maybe after all of their incredible last ditch, last gasp escapes, you know, Mm. this might be the one where it finally runs out on them but again I go back to what I said earlier on much earlier uh, earlier in the year Mikey relegation from division one isn't going to be such a big deal with with time yeah relegation for division two obviously is but relegation for a decent division one team say like Dublin relegation to division two nice segue there Roy relegation for division from division (laughs) one hasn't done Dublin a whole pile of harm wheel I would say that sure, said, he, sure, sorry, sorry, Mikey, on that, like, I mean, t- you think about Division 2, Dublin have won all their matches, except for one, obviously, and that was a tough game. But it's get, like they've still managed to win all their games. He has then also had the opportunity to throw in, to try and, you know, find some extra players and give lads opportunities and chances. Now, it's a different, it's a different, very different. To, he was going to have to do that anyway, Rory. He was going to have to do that anyway, but I think it's probably... A little easier in a, a division two environment where you know at least you can kind of you're going in you might be still getting a win confidence is up and you keep that kind of good mood in the camp whereas if like no there it's a very different discussion on whether he's found anyone but um I think like if you look at Mayo and Mayo went down to Division Two was the year we saw Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Conroy when James Horn was manager. We've seen teams drop down. Galway went down. They threw in the likes of Matthew Tierney a couple of years ago, and these guys came to the fore. So Division Two does offer you the chance when you're trying to build a new team. Let's say from Monaghan's perspective, if they ended up going down, they obviously are in a transitionary phase. I wouldn't necessarily get all that worried about it. I know they love to protect that Division One status, and it's a sort of a, it's a sort of a pedigree thing. But I think in time, I don't think it'll be um, the worst thing in the half that could happen. Okay, Wheeler. Well, before we move on, then who do you think is going to be relegated, and who's going to make the final along with Mayo? Oh, well, I think Donegal are more or less gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're accepting, I, I, unfortunately. I, 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 I'd agree, Roy, the man won't get anything easy in Castlebar. Um, I would still be very competitive. Uh, but um, I, I think it's between, I'd agree with you, Mikey, that Armagh, particularly Breen O'Neill, is not playing. Now, I'm, I haven't been overly impressed by Toronto either. Yes, they've got their house in order the last couple of games. You know, Manon, or picked up an early red card. They were quite comfortable throughout. 
you know, an all good performance against uh, Kerry, but I'm still not convinced by them uh, in terms of are they edging towards the, the you know, where the top two or three where Galway possibly and Kerry and Mayo are. So I think in an Ulster battle like that, uh, Armagh would be, there should be a bit of kickback from them. They've lost their way a bit, particularly up front. Uh, and, and and they have to come out and play. They have to come out and win the game. So I, I think Tyrone will probably win it with home advantage and it's going to go down either Armagh or Monaghan. Uh, I, I I think Monaghan might still get over the line in, in, uh, in Castle Bar and it could be Armagh that, that, that suffers with, with, uh, with Donegal. Okay, and then Galway or Kerry, do you think then? I'm over Galway there, just in terms of, you know, I like the direction Galway are, are taking. Uh, they're very organised, very strong defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, they're managing the games very, very, very well. Um, I, I think at home they might they might do enough. Uh, even if, like a draw will get them, will be enough for them. So, yeah, I, I, I go with Galway maybe to hang on there. Okay. You're going with a very straightforward set of results. Uh, it's just not how it happens on the last day of the week. <laughs> um, it is pretty straightforward, Division 2, uh, Rory. Um, it's, as we said, it's the de facto Leinster final in Crow Park, 2 o'clock Sunday. Uh, the mighty. Are you ahead of yourself there, Mikey? De facto Leinster final, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. We were just talking on uh, Monday about how Division 2 has kind of turned into the tournament the Leinster Championship would love to be. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> we'll take them, we'll annex them. Um, so Rory, yeah, look, we, we discussed now that at quite a bit of length on, on Monday, so we won't dwell too much on it, but it is a tremendous opportunity for Loud here. Um, they're obviously raging underdogs, but if Mickey Hart could pull this off, we're just talking about what relegation from Division One doesn't mean much, but relegation to Division One or promotion to Division One for Loud would be massive, massive, but. Don't think it'll happen. <laughs> Sorry. Just ask you to suspend uh, yeah. disbelief yeah. for a few minutes. I know. Uh, look, I think I don't. They, they, they'll set up in the way that they've always done. It'll be extremely defensive. Um, break very, very quickly. Superb fit, superbly fit, as we said earlier. And they'll be, um, they'll give Dublin plenty to think about. The old Dublin that would have been so used to playing that type of defensive system, I think would make ribbons of them. This is not the old Dublin though. And um, now is it the case that we might see a little bit more punch, particularly when you're trying to break, like you're playing that against those types of teams. You've got to make the pitch big for yourself and you need punch from your half back line to kind of break through. Now, might be the case that we see Jack McCaffrey, maybe from the start. I don't know. He, we didn't see him at all the last day. I don't know whether or not he's picket carrying an injury. Mm-hmm. James, I think we'll probably see Brian Howard from the start paired off with Brian Fenton in midfield, James McCarthy, John Small, and Jack McCaffrey as a half back line. And I think if you see that, it's not a bad five, really, is it? It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Right? It's pretty good. And I think if Dublin do, I think what we'll probably see to a certain extent is. Because he can't really afford to take a chance. We'll probably get a good glimpse of a Dublin Championship team or certainly close to it. I think once they have their division, once they get up, you know, I suppose they can have a rattle off the Division 2 final, but I don't know if that'll be high on the list of priorities, the Division 2 medal for some of these players. Like, 
I think we might actually get to see more of it this weekend because I think it's an opportunity for him to road test against some of the stiffer challenges that he's going to face. Louds are effectively like they play a similar game to Derry, except they mm. just don't have the pace and attack and they don't have that threat up front that Derry have. And um, I think, yeah, we'll we'll get a good glimpse at Dublin now uh, in terms of what maybe Desi's thinking in terms of his championship 15. And let's say... Yeah, I, I, I just don't. I, I just think they'll just have too much for Louth, unfortunately. That's that was what I was going to ask you next week. Actually, Roy makes a good point there that Louth are kind of they're 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 a little bit like Derry uh, in a lot of ways. You know, not to be too simplistic about it, Dublin seemed to have Derry fairly well figured out for thirty five minutes, and then they kind of they they got kind of sucker punched slightly um, above in, in Celtic Park. So. It is a chance for Desi to probably, I suppose, road test what he learned a couple of weeks ago against Derry in the more forgiving surroundings of Croke Park against a team that aren't operating at the same level as Derry, as of yet, yeah. at least. And I think the other thing, Mickey Hart will learn from what Derry done in that first half as well, you know, and they probably sat too deep and mm-hmm. it suited Dublin just to pick them off in the pocket. Pick them off, yeah. You know that Dublin are very good in that, so you'd expect that. Uh, loud when they get their defensive shape, they will push out on Dublin a little bit and pressurise the ball carrier and try to stop them getting in because they know Dublin will be extremely patient. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Mike. I'm looking forward to going in. I'm not on duty this weekend. I'm looking forward to going into Crow Park and 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 seeing kind of what Loud are about. Um, obviously they were very that they, they caused Derry plenty of problems. Um, they've a they've a wave of momentum behind them. Uh, now sometimes a wave of momentum coming to play Dublin in the Crow Park can be can end up being a bad thing because the air can go out of the uh the life mm-hmm. the very quickly depending on it. But I, I don't I don't anticipate that will happen. I think they 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 they'll be very, very competitive um and they will certainly make make life difficult for Dublin. But from from a Dublin perspective, I suppose the po- two positives really for for me watching them, you know, in their last couple of games, particularly against Derry uh, and Mead, being honest, even though you know you, you couldn't really rate the Mead challenge. Is that Dublin had a very well organised defensive structure, um, and we're we're actually very defensive when you look even against Mead, uh, when Mead were playing, um, um, with the with, against the wind, do you know what I mean? Mm. A lot, a lot of bodies back, uh, the work rate of the forward line, particularly the inside forward line, that you know that has really stuck out in the last three games is in getting tackles on and getting pressure on and getting turnovers in the middle of the park. They, that to me have been the two distinct differences. Now, the criticism you had going into the me game of Dublin was, you know, they were lacking a bit of shape up front. They weren't kind of kicking the ball. They weren't getting the ball into Conor Callaghan. Uh, they were relying on this kind of counter-attack game. Um, they were allowed to kick it against Mead because I'm sure after 10 minutes, someone got the message on and said, kick the thing because there's only one and one inside, you know. <laughs> That they had a field day for you know 15, 20 minutes. They couldn't believe what was ahead of them. Khan made up for a couple of lean days. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not gonna get that this weekend. So, you know, Loud will test them as Derry tested them. Um and you know, it would it will be a really, really good test for Loud. But I, I still think Dublin will have just particularly in Crow Park, um, will just have that bit of know-how, a little bit more space, plays it as a bigger pitch. And, and and we'll have too much quality up front. And the, the fear you'd have for Loud at the weekend is that if Dublin got three, four, five ahead, then they have to come out and they have to kind of chase the game a bit. Um, and, and, and that would be a, and also a bigger test for them. So, yeah, looking forward to it because 
It's an interesting point, though. We loud have done extremely well. Yeah, because I was I was in RD last Sunday and Cork did go five up. It was seven two after about twenty five minutes. They didn't change at all. <laughs> no, they just stuck. But they got a stroke. They got a bit of luck. And you couldn't say they made their own luck, you know. They got a penalty, which then all of a sudden brought it back to two points. And, you know, they got a bit of belief and they got a bit of life from that as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think their attitude certainly, you know, I think they'll they'll probably adopt a fairly similar um, mantra going into this, like, like that if they do go four or five down, stay the course, stick to the plan, trust the process that this despicable phrase but i don't i don't know if they will come out i mean i don't know if they're programmed to do that you know i think they have a sort of a plan a and plan b is that would be interesting to see if you're going into the game 10 15 minutes to go six seven down and if you just stick to the process you're you know you're 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 going nowhere so but mickey hart's too long around long enough to know that is is there is there any point in showing that you can lose valiantly against Dublin or will he say all right lads go to code red here because as we mentioned last week they've got Downey McConnell Grimes Burns Jackson like these guys can score like they have a good set of forwards so is does he have a plan where he says okay lads now it's the last 10 minutes we're four points down against Dublin in Croke Park this is you know plan b we that we worked on in training like Mickey Hart I, I would think is the kind of manager he's not he's not he's I don't see him going. Would you, um, Willow, for like a moral victory against Dublin in a de facto league semi final? Well, it doesn't seem like Mickey Hart to me. No, he doesn't. You wouldn't think so. And 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 if they really want to step up, you know, looking down the line, they 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 have to, you know, they have to come and kind of chase the game and put it up to Dublin and and try and really, you know, don't let it be an easy six, seven, eight point victory for Dublin. You know what I mean? But now on the flip side of that, Mikey, what you want to avoid is a hammering. I don't think that will happen because that can just break the momentum and break the spirit within mm. the team. Uh, but no, you would expect that, you know, if, like Mickey Hart has, as a manager, he will have full belief in his team and he will have them believing that they can match Dublin. This won't be uh, any sort of moral type competitive approach that you know we, we try to stay with Dublin he just doesn't operate in that sphere yeah. so he, he he will have them well drilled that they can match Dublin man to man and he will have analysed Dublin he would have seen particularly some of the weaknesses in the Dublin game against Derry in that second half and and they they, they have to match Dublin physically that was one area that Mead really struggled with last, last week you could see in the 50-50 tackles Dublin bullied and pushed him out of the way so easily so um, it's it's an area game where they're going to have to They're going to be competitive. Before we move on from Division Two, we'll 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 see how Cork get on against Derry on Monday, Roy. But just to mention, that I suppose because relegation is sorted, the other game that's of interest there, Rory, really is Kildare and Meath. They're both safe, but could come down to who's mm-hmm. in the Charlton Cup and who's in the Sam Maguire, who finishes fifth and who finishes sixth in Division Two. Actually, it's quite likely to come down to it, I would imagine. Um, and this is also a game where two teams who've had a kind of a rough few weeks get to measure themselves against a team that they probably see as their equals or perhaps the team that they're striving. They both obviously want to topple Dublin at some point, but probably not there this year, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. So this is it. Like this is a game where these two, this is two teams measuring themselves against what they see as their closest rivals. Uh, You can almost say geographically and in terms of football ability or where they're standing at the moment. 
Well, yeah, and I think they would ordinarily probably feel both counties themselves that they should be either number two, number three in Leinster. Now, I mean, from a Kildare perspective, the wheels came off a little bit early doors. Obviously, they've got a win last week. And I think if they have, you know, any designs on maybe doing something in the championship, they probably would like to finish the campaign on a high. I think Mead were the opposite. They started well and then... <clears throat> have gone the other direction. But I suppose from a Mead perspective, I think a lot of different, like there was a few things last week. Obviously, look, there's a lot of criticism of Colm O'Rourke for the way he set up the team, but I did think they were slightly unlucky as well. They had a couple of goal chances early on and the next thing, Dublin go down the other end and get one. And it was just a more clinical nature to the way the Dubs played. Um, but like, I suppose, look, the game was probably over after 15, 20 minutes at the same time. It was 7-1 after 15, 20 minutes. You ain't coming back from Dublin after that, you know, and I think that will be the big thing for them this weekend. Yeah, I think it's two managers. Is it a free shot for them? No, I think it has significant impacts as well in terms of Talchin Cup. Like fifth and sixth probably won't guarantee you um, safe passage. Certainly sixth won't anyway, which is no. work. No, there's is, no guarantees at this stage because you like, yeah, yeah. you know, all bets will be off if like a Division Three team reaches, you know, an Ulster final and a Leinster final, you know, as well as the Connacht one, and it could happen yeah. in Munster. So there you are no could, guarantees. Like, like Clare could turn Cork over in Ennis and end up in a Munster final. We don't lads, particularly if Rain O'Neill is injured, Cavan. Yeah, Cavan coming through on that side, you know, and and actually, <clears throat> and even like from a Cork perspective, I was looking there. Like the, the worst car can finish is fifth, given what could happen this weekend, right? Now that, that could still drag you into it. So they're not necessarily safe. So they'll probably feel that they need to go and win at home to Derry. Good luck with that. Um, that but um, yeah, I think it's it's going to make, it will make Kildare Mead, it puts something on it. Like if, if, if you kind of go back to when we would have had league campaigns of your right? This game would have been just glorified challenge match, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. It would have effect, it would effectively be yeah, it's a dead rubber, complete and utter dead rubber of no value to either team. And I think the best thing that's ever happened to Gaelic football is linking the league to the championship because no matter what happens now, nearly every game has something, however insignificant or small, there's a little bit of meaning attached. So it should make it really competitive and a really good game to watch. Yeah, uh, Division Three um, is like Division Two, largely sorted to Barry Longford are doomed. Cavanagh. That's one of the features, actually, Mikey. And I know it's slightly disappointing, maybe from the neutrals' perspective, is how much is actually resolved going into mm. the final. But there weekend. is something in each division, at least. Yeah. Uh, division Three, you could say, has slightly well, obviously, more. Obviously, they're not gone, lads. You know, so no, depends, no, no. On, it depends on how Cavan approached the Fermanagh game, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does because yeah. for Fermanagh. Um, at the top, Cavan are guaranteed to move to Division Two. So I'm reading this out because it's a little complicated. Um, if they be, if they, no matter what happens at home, for Mana, if they lose to the Orange County, they have the head-to-head -head advantage over whoever wins against Offaly and Down and Tullamore. Offaly do have something to play for, even if their more opponents do not. Wins for Offaly and Cavan would see the faithful dropping out of the promotion spots, given that the faithful county edged for Mana by a point. You write that season. yourself, Mikey. I didn't know. Niall McCoy, Niall McCoy wrote this. That's why it makes sense. Down, whoever lost to the Iron County by the minimum, and given that they were defeated by Cavan, their promotion hopes are dead in the water. Down or out of it, that's basically it, yes. Even though they are second in the third in the table. So Fermanagh win puts them in the final with Cavan. Fermanagh lose, as you say, awfully 
still have something to play for in that if they beat down, they'll go up. So Offaly and Down is kind of the game there to an extent. Um, And it's Offaly's first home game as well. Wheelow, obviously, since the passing of Liam Kearns, you'd imagine it'll be quite still quite an emotional um, atmosphere and an event. And, you know, you, you, you can see a team being powered by something as awful as that happening. You can see it giving them whatever you need that that you know the extra burst of energy in the last 10 minutes the kind of desire yeah. to make that block that kind of thing not to trivialize the man's death and i'm just saying the impact it can have on those left behind is hard to quantify yeah absolutely mikey and you could see the emotion last week even when it meant to mark murphy and and the players um you know listen i knew liam, liam well um to spend three years in a fun environment with him on celebrity bonish there so we had plenty of crack along the way um, and, and sadly missed by everybody. But his players will will certainly stand up to that challenge. Like Down obviously have have have, have nothing really to play for. Um, you know, when you think about it coming down to you know Offaly and and and, and the, you know it's a nothing game for them. So you anticipate Offaly will win. However, you you ought to look at the cabin situation and they're up and they're promoted. Now I suppose is there is there you're, you're you're trying to think, and I'm only thinking out loud here. This this might 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 sound bonkers, but obviously top in the division might be important because if Fermanagh beat Cavan and they top, and Westmead were to get a get to a Leinster final, then the top of Division Three come could come into the equation. I could be wrong. No, no, yeah, it's yeah. a seeded so, seeded yeah. system, yeah. So you know, is there something very small to play for an outside? You know, there might be something small from a Cavan perspective, but you have to hand it to Fermanagh. Like loud, they're on some run. Um, they're on some run of results they've been brilliant uh, shown great character particularly in the last 15-20 minutes a game so I just think Offaly will do it I think but Fermanagh might also do it yeah would that be how you see it going Roy? yeah yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree on that. Yeah, 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 I think so. And I, and just just one other point that I do think is interesting. John Fogarty had a great piece there in the Examiner where he talked about permutations ahead of the championship and how everything lines up, you know, ahead of the group stages of the Sam Maguire. And I was looking, and it's obviously the Munster winners against the Connacht runners-up. So I was, you, are you kind of piecing one plus one plus equals three now, admittedly? But you're looking at a situation where Kerry will end up in their Sam Maguire group. Let's be honest, Kerry will probably win Munster. Do ah, next, don't give up that easy, right? Rory. I know, I'm lulling him into a false <laughs> sense of security, Mikey. The, the hoodwink is starting here. But uh, no, but like, so you're going to have a situation where Kerry are going to be in a, going to be in a, a Sam Maguire group with Leitrim, Sligo, uh, London, New York. And um, then you're obviously... You're, you're ruling them out of winning the kind of final. You're C3 and you're C4. But the, the funny thing about it, I was kind of reading it, I was going, well, Sean Cavanagh and the Ulster boys see this. <laughs> they're always giving out about how easy they have it in Munster. And then they get to the Sam Maguire, they get the handiest group of the whole lot. Well, we get to see what a couple of those teams were made of anyway in Division 4, because Division 4 is is properly fascinating. Um, Wexford allegedly in fifth on six points have a mathematical chance of um, of get going up if they beat Carlo. Um, but the fact that the Wexford match has now been fixed for Saturday tells you that they don't really believe that's going to happen. They've, can't see that they, one happening, Mike. No, neither can I. Something happening. I can't see that one happening. No, dead dead rubbers are allowed <laughs> on the Saturday night, so that that one's been played on Saturday. Um, so Sligo have ten points. Leitrim have eight. Leash have eight. Wicklow have eight. Uh, Leitrim and Leash have significantly better score differences than Wicklow, but 
um, Wicklow do get to play Waterford, who um, have not exactly been tearing up trees and Leash are away to London. Yeah. Um, but basically, should Leitrim beat uh, Sligo and should Leash and Wicklow win their games, we'll have four teams on 10 points, Wheelow. And as uh, said some of the other day, getting into kind of PhD and pure maths territory, then it's uh, it could be a very exciting finish to Division 4. But where teams won't know how important a point here or a point there actually is in the grand scheme of things. Well, look, look at the, when you look at the top three, and I think what, Sligo plus 26, Leitrim plus 29, Leash plus 24. So if Leitrim were to beat Sligo, they go ahead of them. And then it's, it's basically... How much leash win by, isn't it? Uh, you know, because Wicklow looked doomed on the score difference. But yeah, this one is gonna be this one's gonna be fascinating. I would think that as we speak, Oshin McConville and Tony McEntee are sitting down uh, around the table dissecting Leitrim in terms of their strengths <laughs> and weaknesses. Um, <laughs> but, be no- Mul- multiple cups of tea. Yeah, because Oshin obviously Wicklow have beaten Leitrim. Sligo need to beat them. And if Sligo beat them and Wicklow get to 10 points uh, with Leash, Wicklow have Leash on the head to head. Right? Yeah. So it's... That's you know that I think that's a very interesting dynamic. Best of buddies and uh, neighbors, neighbors. Uh, yeah. They would certainly be plotting that. So the crucial game is obviously if Sligo beat Leitrim, it brings Wicklow right back into the equation. Uh, but if Leitrim beats Sligo, then it becomes very interesting, depending on how Leitrim do. It really knocks Wicklow out of them. That right? Mm. It does. Um, and Roy, you know, we we do we do kind of talk. You know, Division Four. Sometimes, not sometimes, it is lower on quality. Obviously, that's why the teams are in Division 4. But then when you get a game like this, like close, close, close neighbours and rivals, rivals aren't any less fierce because they're in the lower tiers of football. But Leitrim v Sligo in Carrick on Shannon, like, you know, with everything to play for, that, like that, that's like the perfect final day of Division 4 fixture. Like, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, And you've got, you know, like it'd be a... A big boost for Andy Moore and say coaching credentials as well. And I was down at the Leitrim Waterford game in the very first round of this year's league, and I was impressed with them. I mean, they have arguably one of the best forwards in the country across any across any league, you know. So I think, like you'd imagine, it's going to be a massive crowd, massive crowd. I think it's a pity actually that it's not live. Weekend, really, it? I think it is. Like I think it's a pity it's not live on television somewhere. But sure, look, that's just the nature of it. I think it would be um, and a real local derby and probably a portent of things to come in the Connacht Championship because you'd imagine the two will end up meeting on that side of the draw as well. So there'll be all that sort of shenanigans going on. Do we show our hand? Well, we've no choice but to show our hand because if we don't win, we don't get promoted. So I think it'll be full-blooded. It'll be yeah, really good stuff. Sorry, I'm laughing. I just got an email from a bookie saying that Jim McGuinness is odds on for the Donegal job. So there you go, lads. Lump <laughs> all your cash on that. <laughs> Sorry. That rounds us back to where we where we started. Don't see it somewhere. Um anyway, go on, Wheelow. Put your head on the block. Who's going up, who's going up out of division four? Uh whoa. <laughs> so many dynamics at play. Um are gonna go with Sligo to do enough to beat Le- to beat Leitrim. Uh, it draws enough for Sligo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think Sligo will do enough uh, to beat Leitrim, uh, and that is gonna bring Wicklow back into it. 
and you would expect Wicklow to beat Waterford handsomely. So I'm gonna go Sligo and Wicklow and the two cross from them boys to be having more than well, <laughs> still be a cup of tea, probably. <laughs> yeah, lots lots of celebratory cups of tea at that stage, then <laughs> Rory. You you see similar levels of skullduggery going on in South Ireland. Oh, like I think is the games in Carrick, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Leach from Sligo and Home advantage is definitely worth something. It's called home advantage for a reason. And I fancy Leitrim to to beat Sligo, which will put them on 10. Wicklow will obviously get to 10. Leitch will get to 10. So then it'll come down to scoring odds, yeah? Yeah. Leitch and Sligo, so that if Sligo are beaten... Yeah, which would knock Wicklow out, because Wicklow are only on yeah. plus yeah. six. If Sligo are beaten by Leitrim and Leitch win, it'll be Leitch. Leach and Sligo, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I, I, I do. I think Leacham could actually win this game, but not get promoted. Oh, harsh. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll leave it to that, lads. Thanks very much, Wheelow, and um, we'll be back in a minute. A minute being yesterday with our <laughs> chat with Jackie Trill. Welcome back. Uh, we're joined by Jackie Tyrrell. How are you getting on, Jackie? Good, Mikey. I'm in buying form after Kieran's uh, massive win last Paddy's Day, wearing black to kind of support that. Um, so really, really joyful. Wait, wait. D- t- tell me now, d- did they beat the famed Hearty Cup uh, winners in the final or did they beat them in the semi-final this year, Jack? You could ask you, actually argue there was two Leinster teams in the final because you had um, a Galway team in, in the, the other side. So, no, there was no of this famed Harty team in the final. So, the, the, um, the, the Harty teams were just wrecked from trying to get out of Munster, Jackie. You know, it's a tough, it's a, such a tough campaign to get out of Munster. And, and then you can't even the that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, forget that the, the big competition is after the Harty. So you, weren't, you weren't even in there as champions. You had to come in through the back door, like. Well, sure, like, once you come in, some door, once you get in there, getting silverware, so what was, what, what was you, Rigney's famous one in 98? We may have come in through the back door, but we're going out the front. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, Mikey. Good stuff. Those of you watching on YouTube will probably notice that myself and Rory are wearing different clothes. Well, I hope Rory's wearing different clothes. We're talking to Jackie a day early. Um, he just wanted to get in that hearty dig as, as early as possible. Fair play. And I and I like the way the um, lights and mantras make my head look extra shiny. So um, we're, we're here to preview the two hurling semis, not make fun of the hearty cup, obviously, as much fun as myself and Jackie have doing that. Um, it's Limerick v Tip, 7.30 on Saturday from the Gaelic Grounds and Kilkenny v Cork, 4pm Sunday, Nolan Park, both on TG Cahar. And two good games. Um, I suppose, Jackie, the first question is, when you look at the lineups, you got your lot are playing a Munster team who they don't have to worry about for a while, but Limerick and Tip, you know, people might be thinking phony war, etc. It's just the league. Where would you stand on that? I, I personally don't see Limerick being too worried about showing their hand. Do you think it's a consideration for Liam Cahill, or is this just beat Limerick and you go skipping into the championship happy days? Yeah, well, I, I think from a Kilkenny point of view, they go hammer and tongs at, as I said, they, they're a Leinster team, so they don't have any hang-ups on potential meeting anytime soon. I think Liam Cal only knows one gear to a certain way, which is foot to the floor. We've seen him at Waterford last year. I think looking at the, the early stages of it, he's been driving this tip team and they've been doing really, really, performing really well. And I think they have the asset test this weekend. And it's a great position for him because it's still a month away from championships so they can go hammer and tongs at Limerick. 
if certain things work out, if they take a, a, a beating, if the, the experiment of Mikey Breen in the full back line doesn't work, he still has a month and options to work around that. So he will learn so much. It's crunch time to a certain extent. Alan Tyne will probably go up against Kyle Hayes and Dermot Burns. Uh, Liam Cal know exactly where Alan Tynan is, is, is come the end of the game. And there's so many of those uh, uh, new guys that will go up again the acid test, which is Limerick, and a really seasoned Limerick team that are a lot, not, not, an awful lot more advanced than last year. So I expect Liam Cal to really go hard at and to find out an awful lot more about this about this tip team. And even questions like, Noel McGrath is one of the most riskiest, elusive hurlers that you come across. Has Noel McGrath 70 minutes in, in, that, in, the, in, in the middle of the field against the most physical team in the country. He'll know if he has that in, or does he need to kind of play him a 50, 60 minute role, movement to the forwards in, all those types of things. This is a great opportunity for a tip, lean Cal and this new team that he's bringing to the table and to find out more about him. Mm. Rory, the one thing you need to play against Limerick, obviously, well, you need a good first 15, but you certainly need a bench. Um, it was interesting, like, you know, Liam Cahill really he completely shuffled the deck against Antrim as you would you would expect him to do. But mm. you know, a couple of lads kind of stood up. You know, well, Connor Bow and Gerald O'Connor and the more you know familiar John McGrath. You know, it, but it suggests that whichever fifteen he puts out, Liam Cahill will probably be relatively confident about kind of who he has coming off the bench to maybe try and change a game, chase a game, even against the likes of Limerick. Yeah, and I think um, he that's 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 the that's what the league is there for. The league is there, for, like we. There's a lot of hand wringing and moans and groans about it, but I think that's exactly what Liam Call has used it, and he's used it well. And I think Tipperary will go into this game thinking they can win. I mean, this is Tipperary we're talking about. Lest people forget, they have a massive approach. Never weighed down by an inferiority complex. Never, like they will go down. They will actually say, "I'd say Liam Cahill is eating nails for breakfast." At the thought of going down to the Gaelic grounds, as Jackie said, it's a brilliant opportunity to go in and test yourself if you stress test your team in this environment you will find out where the flaws are you will be able to uh, you'll get an opportunity to see where the kinks where the where the fault lines might be and as Jackie rightly and correctly pointed out you still have an opportunity to maybe fix it and work on it over the coming weeks are they going on a <laughs> I was reading Shane's piece are they heading off for uh, a week in the sun um, I don't know whether or not they've chosen to do that or whether or not the person has been reined in because the weather was miserable down there so I'm not surprised <laughs> well, actually Jackie did you ever go on one did you because like I always remember Eddie Brennan saying to saying to when he was in he said like that he always felt towards the back end of year great run that he felt maybe they might have uh, a warm weather week mightn't have been any harm for some of the elder statesmen just to put a bit of sun in their backs like after such a long career being at the top for so long but apparently he said no, it was it was the crucible of Nolan Park and nowhere else like that was it <laughs> like you know we, we did a few nights away uh, particularly in Carton House that was kind of our go-to the pitch there was fabulous. Remember Real Madrid trained there. Mm. It was at the same dimensions as Crow Park. It was it was obviously a lovely hotel, very accessible from our point of view. We'd always kind of land of a Friday drill session, a uh, bit of a bit of a swim afterwards, bit a bit of a grub and a meeting then, and they'd actually give you the teams the night before. It was almost like a prep talk the night before in All Ireland. And then you get up the next morning, breakfast, and it be, wouldn't be a word spoke of breakfast because an hour later you'd be cutting head off to that opposite the table for for, a, and that was, that was kind of it. I couldn't imagine 
Brian putting into Google search a lavish surroundings of Spain or Portugal and talking to Mick Dempsey. Well, the spa seems a bit better in this resort. Maybe we consider this and going to Ned Quinn looking for a budget. I can't imagine the uh, yeah. you lads now. You know, you're used to your having more. Um, to, you make do the UHT milky getting Portugal and Spain now. Wouldn't do these at all, would it? Oh, no, 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 no. Only the good stuff, Mikey. Only the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, to, to go back to it, though, Mikey, I do think it's a it's a really brilliant fixture to savour. I'd expect a huge crowd. The only negative, I think, is Munster are playing down the road. So if you are, not a negative, but I think from a traffic perspective, for anybody that is travelling down, uh, Limerick is a tricky place for parking and that. And I think it's an earlier kickoff in Toman. So I think it's five o'clock as opposed to half seven in the Gaelic rounds. But getting in and getting out, as we know, maybe people go down and take in the two matches. Sure, why not? It's a multi-sport and multicultural kind of a place anyway. Mm -hmm. I think um, Tipperary, Limerick, under lights, Saturday night, half seven. I think it'll be, I think there'll be timber and I think it's really one to savour. I'm looking forward to it. Just looking, Jackie, in speaking of squad deck, looking at the Limerick panel from the last day and kind of comparing it to the All-Ireland final and... um, there's still a few lads there who were significant players like uh, Casey Hannon, David Burns, Keen Lynch, Aaron Glenn have all come back in the last couple of weeks. But you still got, you know, who wasn't playing the last day? Sean Finn, William O'Donoghue, David Reedy, Graham Mulcahy. What's the story with Graham Mulcahy? Lads? I haven't seen, seen too much of him, any of them this spring. No, I don't know if he's injured or what, but it, it's definitely an, an embarrassment of riches for um for 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 John Kiley. and and I they're definitely more advanced than ahead of last year. And maybe looking back last year, maybe it wasn't on purpose that Limerick were so far behind. I know the it, the the year timed out perfect, but they were almost scrambling a small bit in the league last year. And I think they learned from it. And I think this year they said, look, let's get a little ahead of ourselves this year and put ourselves in a better position and come the latter stages of the league. Let's make a call as do we want to go in it literally they're at that kind of a level. Um and I just thought last year, you know, John Kiley was quite some of his comments after his commentary after some of the league matches, he seemed very frustrated and that. And I just think he got he got a little caught behind last year. And, and I know it was it they were coming out of a different year and that, but they're just they're just going from strength to strength. They don't seem to have any issues. Their injuries seem to be behind them as regards Keen Lynch and, and Peter Casey. The squad seems to be like just really going from strength to strength. Aaron Galan is back, fits back and seamlessly. Dermot Burns. It's just a matter of, matter of how many of those guys he rolls out the weekend. But I think I think John Kiley would like to get a test of of these new guys and see how many of them are up to it. And I think Liam Cal. I think he'll just be putting out his best fifteen this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'd expect to see Jason Ford back and and back into the mix. And to, to Rory's point. Tip, tip could win this game. They really could. They, they've, they're on their, their momentum. Like their Jackie, confidence. like Jackie, last year, they went down to the Gaelic grounds with, like, I think they were bereft of injuries, suspensions. There was trouble in the camp. Was Colin Bonner the right man? All that type of oh. stuff was going on in the background. They were neck and neck going down the home straight. I think it was 64, 65 minutes. The game was level. Yeah. If, if I recall correctly, that was championship now. So um, I don't necessarily buy into this notion. Yeah, I'm there in eight years, all the same. Yeah, but like, I don't necessarily, they won't be bothered about that. Like Liam Cal mm. will, will, will Liam Cal be going to just from saying, I've nothing to do with the last eight years of mm. uh, Tipperary hurling records. This is my team. So, you know, we're starting from ground zero and we're going in there tonight. 
And I guarantee you they'll be going in to win that match. And um, yeah, I think Jackie's spot on. I think it'll be a full, it'll be a full frontal force from Tipperary. They will pick their championship side because he will want to stress test it. I think, yeah, I think Jackie's also spot on. I think Limerick might uh, use it to give some of the fellas that are definitely pushing hard to get into the team the chance to really uh, pin their colours to the mast. So I think there's so there's loads there's loads in this. This will be not far off championship intensity, I'd say. Yeah, and I, and I think Saturday evening we'll be saying that Brian O'Mara, Garrod O'Connor, Connor Stakelam, Alan Tynan are nail on four mm. starters of the new brigade for for Tipperary. And, really and whether or not Mikey Breen works at, as a full back, you know, we'll have to wait. But yeah. what's interesting, Rory, is the full, and you see it with Kenny, the full back line position is not about having three full backs. It's almost like, who are my two man markers in there? And who's the guy that's going to follow the corner forward out like Barry Nash does? You see Park Welsh just taking that role on a small bit. That could be Mikey Breen. It could be a, 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 a Brian O'Mara who's a nat- they're both natural halfbacks. So he has quite a bit of st- a scope to work with it there. But I'm, vo- I'm really impressed with those four guys. And we've always asked the questions. When are these tip new guys, these 20s, going to come? I think Saturday night we'll be saying Liam Cal has got four of them. Yeah, it is interesting on, on Limerick last year, not to harp back to it, Roddy, but um, uh, like Jeremy Burns was interviewed this week and he said, like, you know, there was no master plan, you know, that, you know, let's play badly in the league, let's, let's fob off the league and we'll be brilliant in championships. It wasn't like that. He just said, we basically, we just didn't play well during the league. So, it's really, it's really not very encouraging for everybody else. It's like kind of, yeah, they're, I, they're clicking I, yeah. three months earlier. But I also think it was um, hurling went through last year because it was the first post-COVID, um, what you would probably call ordinary um, season in the post-COVID world. And hurling went through that last year as well. It, it got its first glimpse of how squashed in everything was going to be so John Kylie may have we don't know he probably would never tell us until he certainly uh, gone out of the job but Limerick may have decided you know what we'll you know look there's only one or two times to peak here and peaking for you know winning a national league isn't exactly top of my priority list and if he chose to do that then that's fine maybe he's taking a different approach this year because he feels he's got enough backup he's got enough fresh talent coming through he's got some fantastic underage players that are going to be able to push into the team should a couple of uh, key players get injured he's got obviously as Jackie mentioned a wealth and an embarrassment of riches Graham Mulcahy we haven't even seen him as you mentioned earlier on so I don't necessarily think it was I think it might have been farm but I I think it was also a brand new calendar that people had to get used to. And he could have decided that this was the way they will, this is the way they'll manage it. It might be the case this year. He's taken a different approach because he's been through it. You know what I mean? And mm. he now knows what's involved. He knows how to, uh, and, and he knows the resources available to him, which will allow him to manage his way through all of that as well. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the other match then, which is, um, of more interest to you too. The big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kilkenny v Cork in Nolan Park. Um, you have a very uh, gentlemanly home and away arrangement. So it's uh, Nolan Park and hopefully you'll have more. Jackie, we heard you was getting football at halftime in Nolan Park last Sunday. That's um that's novel, isn't it? You're letting you let the old WD forty be played on the Hello Turf. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. We're uh, giving a bit of exposure to the big ball. Um, I mean, we have 
do, 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 do. we're at knockout stage of our senior football championship here. Uh, um, so we're well ahead of the curve. And I suppose we're just in the middle of March. Yeah, we have uh, <laughs> we have uh, all our group stages played off. We're at league semi-finals were played last week. So league finals will be playing soon enough. And then we've championship in middle of April. So we're just aligning our championship to uh, uh, our national league halftime um Shows. <laughs> um, anyway, it wasn't um, it wasn't a spectacle. We were discussing Shane McGraw was there as well. We were discussing on Monday, so we won't we won't rehash it. But one thing I did say was that the um, you know, well, what Shane said was that you know, kind of he could see a little bit more cohesion in terms of you know how Kilkenny are wanting to play. Uh, you know, kind of you know, slightly more uh, possession based game. That Ling is instilling and he can see it. The locals may not still be mad on it, but he says he can see it kind of coming together on the pitch. And I was saying how the the forward unit really, like you can see once you bring TJ back in there, that you can see how formidable kind of you know a sextet that is. So things are are coming together in Kilkenny, not not too rushed. So you know this is a a great test, I suppose. But will it be the end of the world if Kilkenny don't win it? Would be my question, I suppose. It won't, but Kenny will be going 100%. I suppose so far the league, what it's taught for me is that definitely Derek and the management are not trying to change a huge amount. It's it's very much steady as she goes and what Brian was about with small little sprinkles of, of a, a, a new way of maybe just accelerating the, the, the shorter ball a little bit more. Um, now against Waterford, Waterford will force you to do that because they retract so many bodies deep and they play with a, a plus one or a sweeper. Um, what is very noticeable is there is the glue that holds that, all of it together is the Ballahale contingent, is mm. the TJ Reid, is the Adrian Mullen playing a midfield dropping deep, is Richie Reid. They are so important to this. And I know that's the obvious thing, really. It's just when they're not there, they just seem stuck at times. Um, and they just, they, sometimes they play the extra ball when they shouldn't have. Sometimes they should deliver it when 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 it needs to be delivered. But there is some interesting things. Um, Owen Cody's definitely come to the fore a bit more. Billy Drennan is, is, is hitting the freeze really well and is contributing from play. I would have just liked another one or two of those under-20s that we spoke about where Tip have probably four or five of them now. Outside of Billy Drennan, Timmy Clifford, I'm still waiting for him to kick on. Garrow Dunn has shown glimpses. Dara Corcoran is is, is 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 in and out of kind of team as well. So I just would like a little bit more. And this weekend is a great opportunity to find out that. Conor Delaney has been experimenting full back the last couple of days as well. But it's kind of crunch time now as regards these things. Keen, Keen, Kenny at wing back. Is this just an experiment just to see how it goes? Or is this what he's really thinking about for a championship? And if it is... The weekend, these guys will put their hands up, get over the line against Cork, a really strong performance, and bring it into a league final. Rory, you look at look at Cork and Wexford game. They kind of played a lot of the under twenties. Clare game didn't because the place was secure, already assured in the semi final. Didn't kind of play the first fifteen. Is there a risk Pat Ryan doesn't know his starting fifteen? Well, not a risk. It's the league semi final. But do you think he has a fair idea of his starting fifteen? He, you're spot on. He has. He has thrown an awful lot of mud at the wall. And we're going to find out now this weekend how much of it sticks. The I think there's there's a couple of there's a couple of hands that have been put up. I think what we will see again, no different to 
certainly no different to Kilkenny or Tipperary, we'll say. I think Cork will go for this. They may as well. I mean, they won't have a competitive game until the end of April. So this will be all all guns blazing and I imagine what we will see is maybe 12 to 13 of the champ of what he has in mind for his championship team I think where he's probably going to struggle is the injuries to the couple of players that we know will definitely start if they're fit Robbie O'Flynn is probably a little bit away just yet even though I think he's back on the pitch and he's back running full pelt after was it an ankle sprain early doors against Limerick actually in the first game so you'd imagine his match fitness would be a long way off and he I think would be an automatic automatic starter at wing forward uh, Patrick Horgan still carrying a knock but nothing too serious probably won't make it this weekend Declan Dalton I think is somebody I think that definitely would have played this weekend and might have been on the precipice a little bit but has also picked up an injury so that's somebody else so I think though defensively is where Cork are going to be probably most interesting in terms of who gets the nod I'll be particularly interested in the two wing backs because as we know Mark Coleman is a long way off from being fit I don't necessarily see Cork will have to go deep into the championship I think by for him to have any chance in playing in 2023 because the injury that he got was so serious and so severe but I think Dara Fitzgibbon is close to getting back um, you know a lot of these and then it's just a case of well, number six is boxed off a massive problem position for Cork for many years and I think it could be a fight between the two Downey brothers to see who picks up the number three spot I do actually think Rob might be an option down the line at some point maybe to test but again not probably not this weekend to do it. I think he'd pose Garrod Hagerty the kind of problems that nobody seems to be able to give Garrod Hagerty. I think he has the size, he has the physique, he certainly has the hurling. Excuse me, Ian Carty outscored him two points to one on Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to get that in there, keep the club flag going. Hi, Mikey. That's a good but um. But yeah, I think defensively is where Cork would be a lot more interesting. I mean, the full back line really, I think, will. You know, Sean O'Donoghue, once he's fit, again, another injury, he'll definitely start in there. And it's just, again, who gets paired off with him in the rest in, in for the other two slots. So Kieran Joyce definitely be at six. On the wings, Tommy O'Connell potentially on one side. Maybe he might stick Rob Downey on the other and just see. Um, but yeah, I think defensively is where we're going to get a really good indication. And I think that's been the problem for Cork. Cork will always put up a good score. It's what goes in the other end has been the problem. Uh, Jackie, you'd have uh, now thrown in the caveat that it's the league and keeping in mind what Waterford did last year. You know, Cork have beaten Limerick, they've beaten Galway, they've drawn with Clare with a weakened team, they beat Wexford with a weakened team. You know, if we, if they were to do their old nemesis this weekend as well and make a league final, well, Pat Ryan has, as Roy says, thrown a lot and mud at the wall. You have to be looking at Cork in a in a pretty serious light this year. You will, of course, but there's there's a few answers that I'd like first and, and, and Rory has touched on first one. I think the most intriguing thing from a Cork point of view is two things. I think one, Owen Downey the weekend, I'd like to think Owen Cody will spend some time in there and we will get a real test if, mm. if, if Owen Downey is the answer. I don't think Rob Downey is the answer and I think after that All-Ireland final against Limerick, I think he could be mentally scarred from it and doesn't really want to be there. <coughs> Excuse me, I think Rob Downey he's, could He's too loose. He's too loose for a full-back. He's a yeah. very good hurler, Rob Downey, but he's just Absolutely. too loose for that position. Sorry, Jackie. No, no, you're all right. So I do think he could do a job on either either wing for you. Um, I do think Kieran Joyce, like my feelings for him are 
they're mm. out there. I think this lad's an outstanding. He's the new Rowan Curran. Just forget about six for Cork for the next 10 years. He's a, he's a locked in. Three with Owen Downey, you know, Owen Cody. I, if he goes in there, he will test him. And the thing about it is being the beauty league fight, if that doesn't work, well, Pat Ryan still has a month Go to back to Damien. Well, then you're going back to Damien Cahillan. And, 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 you know, that's that's the way, that's what it is. Sorry, John. Yeah, and, and like that, that's where probably maybe Tip have more options. Ronan Mark would go back there if it didn't work with Brian O'Mara and Mikey Breen, but they're kind of act their box themselves into a corner with Owen Downey that if it doesn't work, who do they go to? Do they go back to Damien Callan? Do they move with Sean Donahue in or things like that? But they have some time to work around it. But for me, Cork, they have so many players. You, you could. I'm actually struggling to name them off from Podrick Power, who I really like, and there's a bit mm. of bonus in them. Mm. In the forwards, Podrick Power, you've eaten two of me in the backs. I want to see the real Slim Shady stand up this weekend. Mm. I want to see <laughs> who wants that Cork jersey with Sports yeah. Direct with a number one to 15 come the 22nd of April. Mm. Who is that guy? I feel we'll get a few from Tip this weekend. There's just such a diverse amount of them in Cork we'll find mm. out this weekend. I hope one down is the answer because if they could lock down three and lock down six to Rory's point, they'll always get a few scores and I do think Seamus Harnady who, who, who did go off injured the weekend seems to be coming into really good form as well. Not sure the nature of his injury but if he's in the attack you get a Patrick Horgan maybe a couple of young lads running off him as well. This Cork team if it stacks up the weekend it could be a long summer of listening to Rebels, Rebels, Rebels. Mike. <laughs> the only thing with Owen Downey, though, and, and like Jackie's right, I mean, look, I, I, people in Cork would be would love to see him. He's very young, like he's actually under. He's an under twenty. He's he's eligible to play with the under twenties, and I think there has been a long-standing understanding between the management teams that lads that are eligible to play at that age grade that would be allowed to do so. So there's going to be a little bit of to and fro in there with Ben O'Connor, Ben O'Connor, the ex cork the, the, the Newtown Chandrum Ben O'Connor, as opposed to the lad that's about to be, as, that we're about to lose to rugby. But um, I'm sorry, you're going to lose him because we haven't seen him at all. He is, he's going to lose him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pity. think so. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's not, he won't be the first Cork man or the last to uh, leave for professional sports career. His hearty cup legend will live on forever, though. Yeah. Time. Well, sure. It's not, it's not, his, it's not his hearty cup legend. It's his Munster Senior Schools Cup legend. That's probably mm-hmm. going to live on. I mean, he drove Pres- Presentation Brothers College to a Munster Senior Schools Cup there last Wednesday. And he'll be, if he's not in the Irish in the 20s uh, for the upcoming wor- Rugby World Cup, which they're now going into, I'd be astonished. And like, all you can do in that situation, like, he's not the first and won't be the last Cork lad to go off for a professional career. You just rue his departure and you wish him well, but a, a, a savage loss. Savage, no. Such mm. a talent. Um, okay then, lads. Uh, before we go, Jackie, who's going to be playing in the league final? I'm going to go a league final between Tipperary and Cork. And Rory? Yeah, I don't know. I... I, I, I I'd probably go, I'm going to go, believe it or not, the opposite to Jackie. I'm going to go for a repeat of the All-Ireland final. And I'm going to go for Limerick and Kilkenny. And I think that, you know what? That probably says, and it maybe harks back to a discussion we had with Jackie um, not so long ago, that it'll give you an indication of how much on a knife edge and these games are and how difficult they are to call and why there's probably more anticipation for them in comparison to all the the whinging and moaning that went on about 
the round robin of the league. I think we're in for great knockout stages, two good semi finals, and it should be a great final. But yeah, I'm going to go with Limerick and Kilkenny. Well, okay. I tip Cork at the start, I mean, Mikey, so I you have to stick, stick with it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I you, tip, you pick and stick, you pick and stick. And you tip, you pick tip, I think, didn't you, Mikey? I, I did, yeah. So I'll, I, I'm going to go for a tip Kilkenny final just to be awkward and speak <laughs> the rest of you. And the good league finals, I remember. From your days, Jackie, they were usually tipping Kilkenny finals. Like even the league finals between you were usually pretty good. So we'll go for that. And um, but yeah, I still think a straight league final rather than semi-finals wouldn't be any harm, but that's yeah. the conversation for yeah. well. But I do I do see actually, Mikey. I saw John Fogarty in the examiner had a piece there yesterday to say that um word is coming out from there's white smoke coming from the big house that uh they are going to look at reviewing the leagues again um, and maybe trying to change the So we might get quarterfinals again. next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, one of the things, I think one of the things that a lot of people feel uh, that need to be, needs to be addressed is in and around the issues of relegation. But like, I don't know if that will make a huge amount of difference. If you're a manager and you get relegated from Division 1A down to Division 1B and you're a new manager coming in, you're going to be guaranteed what? two or three really tough matches and then two or three re- comfortable enough games. So that's ideal. Like, is, it, is, is relegation going to become, you know, uh, no. such a, oh, wow, we've been relegated. Yeah, but sure, it's an opportunity for yeah, me to... As I said here several times, Division 1B didn't do Limerick any harm there. For yeah, you know, like, I think it's incentivized winning it as opposed to penalising anybody being relegated would be the key. But anyway, that's probably... Yeah. Why, uh, why couldn't you do both ends? Why couldn't you put relegation in and incentivize winning it? I, yeah. I, I, I don't think relegation has a real killer fear factor but I do think it impacts confidence if you get relegated from a, a top tier to a second tier for a, a, mm-hmm. any team for a Dublin or Kilkenny I think you just after the league going back into championship training kind of going oh Jesus well we didn't really perform in the league there and we got relegated it mm-hmm. does have a bit it gets in a bit on, on, on fair point. Yeah. yeah okay um, we'll leave it at that uh, thanks Jackie and thanks to Wheelo earlier who's actually taking place tomorrow so hopefully Wheelo turns up or this fit, this outro will make no sense whatsoever um, you can follow the matches on Saturday and Sunday Sport on Radio 1 and all the match reports live blogs reaction analysis and everything else on the RT website and the RT app and you can watch League Sunday on Sunday on RT2 and the RT player that's everything covered alright we'll chat to you on Monday good luck goodbye by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses!